Juggling Podcast number 34. This week's topic is Vision Bot Manipulation Series Fantasy Continuation Competition Winners and Anti-Dropoline. Hello and welcome to Juggling Podcast number... 34. My name is Luke Burridge. And, and I'm Paula Brentler. And she can talk over me now because we've got a microphone each. <laughs> We're recording this live from Berlin or in Berlin. And uh, yeah, we've got a few things that we need to get through. I like um, the live thing. Live, yeah, it's live. We're recording it. What else could we do? Um, we could record it. Well, I could record my part and then you could record your part and then we could edit them together and then it wouldn't be live anymore. Yeah, yours would be live. Mine would be live. Just the whole wouldn't be live I, d- I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, let's... But uh, very live. Let's get on very with it. Very lively as well. <laughs> let's get on with it. Okay, some news from last week. What have we done this week? Absolutely nothing. We said we were going to go and see a show I called Soap. I worked a lot. Yes, but not juggling-wise at all. Oh. Uh, I juggled. A little bit, yeah. Uh, once. Uh, yeah. We said we were going to go and see a, a show called Soap, and we didn't, which is a bit of a pity. Uh, but we'll get to see it later on. It does actually run, like we said last week, it does run like until January. Said. Like Polar said, yeah, it does run until January. And what else have we done? No, really, that's about it, which isn't a lot of news. Oh, no, I did see a vid- some videos that I really liked. First of all, go to ministryofmanipulation.com and watch the uh, Manfred Hanker video. Or Manor, as we know, a friend of ours that we uh, juggled with. Who is that? Yeah, it's Manor, and uh, yeah, it's a really good uh, video. Of, it's not your normal juggling video, so just sort of sit there and meditate on it while you watch it because it's uh, it's very strange. But uh, also check out the Ministry of Manipulation website. And don't talk more. while you watch it. Yeah, and don't talk while you watch it. You really need to just sort of sit there and relax. And um, also other videos, my videos, I've put some new ones up online. One that you can find if you go to YouTube and search for Luke Burridge, or if you just go to lukeburridge.com forward slash videos and you can what find all my videos video. it's um it's a video of me doing three ball tricks polar it's an extract from a dvd project i was working on ages ago and you've okay. never seen it oh cool but it's a good one oh just great basic three ball tricks all nicely edited together to nice slow music it's, it's another one of those ones that you just need to sit and and meditate on and, and not talk during and also uh i've put up lots of other videos as well well, I didn't actually. It was uh, Void. So thanks to the Void for putting up some videos on to juggling.tv. Again, just search for Luke Burge and you can see all kinds of videos. Some that are on other places, but some which I had actually posted ages ago and then lost and couldn't find them on my computer again at all. So you can uh, see me doing a two ball juggling routine and some other bits and pieces that I thought were lost as well. Uh, so that's really cool. So go look at them videos. Otherwise, uh, no other news from the past week. So just a few, uh, something that I was going to say on last week's podcast about combat and forgot to say it at the end, and that's about the goals that you can have uh, with playing combat. Because it doesn't actually matter how good you are at combat, you can always join in and enjoy yourself. Because, of course, when you first start off, it's not like you're, you're going to win straight away. Of course, you'll be knocked out first. But then you make it your goal not to be knocked out first. And then you make it your goal not to be knocked out second. And then you make it your goal that you're going to uh, knock out one person and keep juggling as well. And once you get there, you can go okay I'm going to knock out two people or you know and then you can keep going keep going and you think okay I'm going to stay in until the last five or six people uh, and then stay in until the, the second rest person and then you can start thinking about actually winning a game of combat which uh, of course you can never do this with any other game there's hardly any other game where you think oh I can go in but there's a goal to hit you know before I can have a chance of winning normally winning is the only goal but with combat you've got lots and lots more options so it doesn't matter if you're not very good you can always join in uh, at any time so I was going to say that last week, but I forgot. So there you go again. Any news for the future? I guess uh, we're not doing a lot 
coming up. Oh, I think we are doing a few things, aren't we, actually? I was going to say I was going to be performing in uh, Sofa Variety this weekend in Berlin, but I'm not. Uh, not even going along to see it tonight. Um, but uh, next weekend, Polo and I were performing in a theatre in Hamburg. So if anyone wants to come along and see a yeah, variety show in Hamburg, what's the name of the theatre, Polo? Tivoli Theatre. Tivoli. Schmidt Theatre. The Schmidt Theatre. And we're doing the uh, midnight show on Saturday night. So if you want to come along there. 12 o'clock. 12 o'clock at night, midnight. Yep, it's late, but that's what we're doing. And uh, the next weekend, I'm going to a convention and Polo's going to a juggling convention, but we're not going to the same juggling convention. No, I will go to have fun, to drink, to have a party, to meet friends, and not to juggle, at I the, guess. At the Hamburg convention, yeah. You're going back to Hamburg two weeks in a row. I am going to sit in a hall, do long, boring workshops, see very... Don't say boring. V- okay, do long workshops and uh, technical workshops about new and experimental juggling and see experimental juggling, um, the world leaders in this form of art, uh, at the 531 Festival in Helsinki. So if anyone's going to be there, catch up with me. And uh, yeah, I'll probably be recording some interviews there with different people because uh, there's lots of interesting type performer type persons at that convention. I've finally booked my... Uh, plane ticket i'm pre-registered to go over there so uh, that's gonna did be we it. do a, an interview with maxine yet? we still haven't done that interview. we haven't we haven't i weren't sure because we we tried so many times so maybe you yep. can do that maybe i can do that yes yeah, so I'll, I'll give it a go so let's move on to the the main first feature of this podcast which is the competition we're going to announce the winners of our vision bot fantasy manipulation series continuation if you want all the uh, updates about this a while ago i think it was was it podcast number 28 or 29 we talked to oscar Vranga, the uh, Vranga. Uh, Vranga. Vranga, I think it was, uh, the uh, producer of the VisionBot Manipulation Series. If you haven't seen these, get onto VisionBot Manipulation, uh, just search for VisionBot Manipulation Series online. That's probably the best way to find it. And, and yeah, he, he made four videos and then he says, I'm not making any more videos at all now because that's it. That's the series finished. Uh, so Polo and I, we set out this competition for you guys to win DVDs. Um, and all you had to do was send in your fantasy continuation of the manipulation series. So just send a juggler, a prop and a... Uh, and what was it? A location. Oh, location. That was it, yeah. So um, we've had uh, maybe, what is it, about 20 different entries to the competition. So we'll just go through some of them now. And, uh, and we'll pick out some, of, some winners. Uh, we've, we've actually got a few winners, haven't we? Because some of them were like complete fantasy that could never be pulled off in reality at all. Some of them were quite serious and good ideas, and others were just stupid and silly. So uh, we picked some different winners for the, from the different uh, categories. First of all, there's this one guy. And who the winner, winners will get their prizes at the next EJC in Karlsruhe. Uh, no, they won't. Where I'll, we will bring the DVDs. No, no, I'll, I'll ju- they can just. I'll send them a list off to people on emails, and I'll just send them through the post. I think. Okay. <laughs> But okay, if they want to wait until like in for another eight months to get the prizes, they can. Then they get it personally. Yeah, yeah, and we'll we'll um, we'll uh, sign them. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you're shouting now, but <laughs> really loud. Okay. Yeah, let's just uh, let's just go through some of these things. First of all, there were some ones from a guy called Renkos who uh, sent quite a, a few entries, and I just don't get them at all. It's like Sandra, Sandra from Circulation Locale doing the girl with the leak YouTube video with the annoying song, but then leak manipulation. I have no idea what that means. Again, he sent another one. So it's Greek emos. Could be geek emos. I'm not sure. The uh, razor blades would be the prop. And the MySpace portal, a corner, and a mirror with a flash. Um, I'm not entirely sure Sounds what he's like talking about. like a line, a wardrobe, and a witch. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure what he's talking about there. But uh, yeah, that's weird. So uh, a guy called um, Joseph sent in this entry. 
another silly entry. It says, Jason Garfield, the location, a kid's juggling party, a four-year-old's... Kid's birthday oh, party. Sorry about that. Kid's birthday party and uh, Jason Garfield um, juggling there, which is a, a bit of a silly one. Uh, someone else sent in another Jason Garfield entry, which is Jason Garfield's wearing a scream mask on a horror, mo- horror movie set, so like a graveyard or something, juggling knives and chainsaws and mwahahaha. Look, even says that. I know. I know. So but that's another you won't one. Him. <laughs> yeah. Another one from Renkers says, um, okay, Thomas Dietz dressed as George Michael in a public bathroom with tissue paper. Again, a bit silly there. Uh, yet another one from Renkers. He sent in like, quite a big bunch of these as well. Okay, Marco Paoletti as a bl- black woman in a parking lot with guns. And I'm not quite sure what manipulation Marco Paoletti is meant to be doing with these things. But, uh, he would shoot himself. Yeah, but I'm not quite sure where Renko's in mind is as a black woman with or Marco. I just don't get it at all. Another one. Marco would be the perfect person for it. (laughs) I don't know. And then uh, another one, which is uh, about Marco Paoletti, sent in from West Peden. Um, Okay, says Marco Paoletti with three stage balls in a cage with pandas at a zoo. Again, I don't get it, but maybe I'm sure actually Marco could probably come up with quite a lot of interesting manipulations with pandas. Always on drugs. These teddies. (laughs) What, pandas? Pandas. Pandas are always on drugs, are they? Oh, is it koalas? No, it's koalas. Really? Yeah, they are always on drugs because eucalyptus yeah. is the biggest drug. That's why they are sleeping 20, 22 <laughs> hours a day. <laughs> is it? Have uh, you never seen how they hang in their trees? I have seen. They I've, hang I've and even, sleep. I've, because I've they stroked one sitting in the tree before. And when I went to, yeah, um, and I'm sure it didn't bite you because it, it was didn't too lazy. It didn't even look at me. Um, yeah, under drugs. Yeah, a bit weird there. Um, oh, so another one. Here we go into the realms uh, of uh, fantasy. Those are just stupid ones. So then we go into the fantasy ones, things that you could do. Polar, stop yawning into the <laughs> microphone. I know it's late. <laughs> You've been tired. working all day. Yeah. Um, Polar has been hard at work, so uh, I can't really go into that. For the last few days. Yeah. So fantasy ones. These are the ones it says that uh, if, you know, we're not constrained by things like budget and reality and human safety and, and stuff. Yeah, and death. Yeah, risk of death. Um, so here we go. Joseph from Ireland, he sent in one. It says, uh, uh, okay, Ben Beaver, Peter Bone, or the Galchenkos, on a trip to outer space. And let me just bring this up because it's actually quite a good story, he says here. Um, He goes, so if this was intended to be executed only in make-believe, then it would be nice to see Peter Bone or Ben Beaver juggling during a journey to the moon, stopping on the moon, re-entering Earth's atmosphere, or just heading off into some otherworldly experience such as 2001, a space odyssey. And then he says, you could substitute the Galchenkos for this since they are Russians living in America and thus connected to the two countries involved in the space race. Alternatively, the Kian brothers from China, since there is no wind in the moon, on the moon, and it will be perfect location for a 50-ring passing pattern. Which I think is actually quite a nice story, but um, again, not actually possible. He also sent a joke saying, why can't you hold a renegade show on the moon, Polar? No atmosphere. No atmosphere, yeah. Uh, great joke there. Anyway, so uh, next up, a guy called Quinn, which is actually one of my favourite uh, entries. Uh, well, it didn't win. Quinn Spicker, Spiker? Spicker, I guess. And he says, Greg Kennedy um, with bounce juggling balls, and the location is a glass cube in outer space without gravity. Imagine the possibilities. And I actually really quite like that one. And another impossibility... Um, with any budget, I don't think this would be possible. And that is... Uh, oh, no, no, that's one of the winning ones. So we'll do that later in a second. So uh, uh, anyway, Renko sent in another one um, saying that fan guy with fans 
in the deserts. Now, we couldn't actually work out what fan guy Renkos was talking about. Um, but so I think we just made someone up? Yeah, Tony Freiborg, who who does perform a little bit with fans at the start of his uh, Diablo act. But really, we don't know any people who do fan no, manipulation. No, I have no idea. But, yeah, he I, would be the only person who would have come to my mind. Yeah, because he, he's the only p- juggler I know who's done anything with fans on stage. Um, but I really like the idea of fans in the desert. I know. I actually just dismissed it as a stupid thing. Like, yeah, a guy in the desert, it's really hot. You need a fan, so blow yourself oh, I did. with a fan. I just took it really serious because... <laughs> Sure, I didn't read the email, but I saw it and I thought, Tony Freiburg with with fans in, in the desert yeah. sounds great. Yeah, it would be. It would be a fantastic location, the desert. It's like the room. Just yeah. The room is so simple. And empty and quiet, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and it would be the same with the desert. Yeah. Blue, yellow, and whatever color. The fans are. Red fans, I think. No, black. Black fans. Black, red. Black, red. Yeah, like, like he has it in his yeah, show. Okay. He yeah, has okay, got yeah, a okay. white mask. And yep. I think black and red costume. Yeah. Okay then. Why are you laughing? No, no, no. I'm, yeah, I'm right with you there. I'm, I just, I'm just picturing it in my head and enjoying the picture because I think it would make a really good video. I okay. think it would be great. And uh, it would be a music video. In would a way. it? What you'd have to have music with it, but you have to have some really weird soundtracks of these. And videos. you would have like, have to have helicopter takes and stuff. What's it, like zooming overhead yeah. with a helicopter? Yeah. Like great. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think uh, Tony would be quite up for that. I reckon. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, doing backflips down the sand dunes and stuff. Oh yeah. So another one, another silly entry, uh, which I put in the silly entry category, uh, was the Gandini project in a clinic, in a hospital clinic, with pillows and beds and sheets and stuff, which could be interesting. It's, it's not really a silly one. I think it's meant to be silly, but oh. we, you could get something out there. Okay, here's some here's some um, entries. The thing is, suddenly when they are in a list and you just see. The people, the location, yeah. and the the yeah, you could take any props. Yeah. No, you take them serious because yeah. you don't see the text. Yeah, and the Gandini's in a hospital, in a clinic. I think would be great, all in white. Yeah, everything quite yeah. floaty. And yeah, I reckon it'd be great. But they're having to juggle pillows. <laughs> glow pillows. <laughs> glow pillows. <laughs> okay. Yeah, if you put a glow club into a white pillow, it yeah. would be a glow pillow. Yeah, cool. Anyway, so no, it's silly. Um, a guy called Wyatt H sent in this um, entry, oh, quite a serious one. Masaki Hirano with three bowls in an abandoned warehouse, complete with graffiti, crumbling walls, and fallen posts. Thing is, um, I don't actually know who Masaki Hirano is. I can't actually picture. What is fallen posts? A post is like like a, a, a fence post. It's like a bit of pole stuck in the ground. Mm-hmm. And if it's fallen, it's just okay. fallen. But I don't know. But yes, yeah, so we 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 can't really get let this guy win because we just don't know um, who this person is. Uh, Mark W from Victoria sent in actually an entry with a uh, another sort of Victoria juggler from Canada, uh, Aaron Gregg. The prop would be chainsaws, and the location would be a Canadian clear-cut forest, preferably... Very important, denuded, Canadian. Yeah, Canadian clear-cut forest, and such ravaged and stuff. And I actually really, really like this idea. This is one of my favourite ideas, but um, I'm not sure how much manipulation you can do with a chainsaw. I know that Aaron Greg probably could have quite a few uh, tricks And you there. would have to do it in, in a week, because it's so so hard to do it. <laughs> yeah, so that heavy. you would have a break for a day <laughs> before yeah. it does the next next trick. Yeah. So let's get on to some uh, more entries from Wes Peden. He sent in a few uh, uh, entries, so I'll just get rid of all of these in straight away. One, which was uh, Victor Geilenberg with one club and dressed as Michael Jackson doing Michael Jackson moves in a moonlit alley. I really like that, but I don't know Victor 
Geilenberg. Yeah, and he says the music has to be smooth criminal. Um, so uh, yeah, Polo didn't know him, so he can't win. Even though I reckon that would be a really good. I video. think it would be great. Just the idea, but I don't. I don't have a face to that juggler. Yeah, he's the guy with the quiff in Nine to One Nordic Objects. If anyone doesn't know, and he's all I can ever picture of him is his hair. His juggling is good, but his hair is the only thing I can ever picture whenever I think of him. Apparently, he can do the full first half of Victor Key's juggling routine, but with clubs instead of balls. Great. No, it is. He's a good juggler. Cool. Uh, next one from Wes was uh, check this out. Polar in the white room from Eric's vision bot manipulation series with paint filled brushes. So that's actually Polar gets a mention here as well. I don't yeah. get I don't get a mention in this uh, in any of the yeah, entries. Not cool enough. Yeah, but I think that was quite a good entry. The thing is the location is the same as a location that's <laughs> already been used. Therefore Wes doesn't win a prize for that. And finally Wes sent in a, a quite a funny one, which is uh, two jugglers in fact, called uh, Jason Garfield and Anthony Gatto. And the location is a boxing ring and the props are their fists. So uh, I think he just wants to see some bare-knuckle fighting between uh, two great jugglers, uh, which is actually a, a quite a funny image, and I think it would make quite an interesting I video. I think it would be funny if you would have balls, which are painted like fists, and they actually juggle the fists between them. Right. Great. Uh, I, that picture isn't making any sense in my head, but uh, I'll take your word for it. So... <laughs> Let's get on. You look so stupid. What? When you look like, what? What's she talking about? You can see the look on my face. Like, yeah, like a cow. Like what a cow in the, in the thunder. <laughs> cow in the thunder. That's a German expression. A German expression. Translated in into thunder. English. Okay. That's how you look. Polar, let's get on to the winners. Polar, are you ready to go to the winners now? Yeah, I am. Okay, then. Um, so... Uh, Let's uh, let's do it. So um, first of all, Renkos, he sent in lots of entries, so he's definitely going to win a prize. Not because he sent in anything serious, just because he sent in some stupid ideas that we liked. First of all, the um, the uh, impossible one that I, or that we really liked was uh, Nicholas, who we actually mentioned in one of our ideas. He's the uh, he's the guy who does the octopus underwater act and ring hoop juggling isolation manipulation. Anyway, he says Nicholas as playing a character Alice. In Wonderland, and Wonderland would be the location, and uh, he'd be doing his rings and octopus act in Wonderland, which we thought was quite yeah, quite that's really great. A, an impossible location, but you know, a, a genuine, a genuine funny entry there. And also his other um, silly entry, which actually could be quite interesting, is Shake That, um, the uh, guys who do shaker cups and bar flow and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, juggling shaker cups, and the location would be in a church with a full gospel choir backing them up, and. I thought that was just a silly one, but Polo's like, oh, no, that would be really great. And I thought, yeah, but it's just drinking in a church. And Polo's like, oh, no, no, we're, we're really good. So we definitely put that down. As, they don't um, actually drink. I know them. they don't actually drink them, but they give them out into the audience and the audience drinks them, which, um, yeah, maybe that will be it. Maybe they have red wine shake that, instead yeah, of Yeah, shake that, cocktail. doing communion in a church. Okay, we're just taking over this idea. It's not really what he said, but we can we can always run with it. Um, so Renkos, you need to email me and you can get a DVD of your choice from a list I'll send you. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, I I'm actually forgot. I'm curious what that list will be like. I know. I, I Luke Burridge at the Berlin Convention. Luke Burridge at <laughs> the Berlin Convention. No, no. <laughs> I'm, it's not going to be performance. No, these are good DVDs produced <laughs> and given to me over the years. I'm going to give it away. So anyway, yeah. Uh, next up, the next winner 
is going to be Joseph from Ireland. He sent in a few entries as well, and we liked him because he put a lot of thought and effort into describing them. So his, uh, this, he'll get the runner-up prize. And the juggler is Thomas Dietz. The location is, of course, Balls and Clubs. That's what Thomas Dietz is known for. And the location is a factory. But check this out because I really like this description. Okay. Yeah. Um, he says, perhaps more closely related to what you had in mind, I'm thinking of Thomas Dietz in a possibly futuristic-looking heavy industry or manufacturing-type setting with automated factory machinery doing its thing in the background and the possibility of some interaction with the moving machinery. Loads of cool ideas there, depending on whether this is intended to be constrained by those boring elements such as reality uh, and budget and risk of death or serious industry, industry, injury. He says, like floor juggling on a conveyor belt, a conveyor belt or a huge heavy vat of molten metal suspended from a track on the ceiling moving slowly past the juggler blocking him from view while his feet remain visible so we know he hasn't dropped on his run of some ridiculously hard but monotonous tricks such as five club back crosses or nine seven five three one where only the nines and the sevens are visible over the top of some similar obstruction while some heath robinson-esque automated assembly line keeps the viewer's attention uh, in the background, so I, it's it's he's he's conjured up like the whole directorial think, and the trick. I think that one should win, and I'll take my thing back. What? What do you mean? The last one. I'll take it back because that was okay. So that was going to be the overall. I want Thomas Deeds to win. Okay. Uh, not Thomas Deeds. I want that guy who, who said yeah. Thomas Deeds because I didn't I didn't read the description. And the description is really nice. And you like that one better? Yeah, I like that one better. Okay, so, so he the can other win. One shouldn't win. Wow, this is this is like a this is like this a, is live. Yeah, this is live. Okay, so we're, we're swapping around. It's also a bit like the uh, the broadcast of the WJF where they put the best juggler on first, tell you who's won, and then go back and fill in the first, second, the second, third place. Anyway, so let's get on to uh, the the runner up then. If he's going to win, okay, we swapped it around. That was my choice. Who was going to run up? Uh, so uh, so Joseph can win. The runner up is going to be uh, Quinn Spicker again. Spiker, Spiker, and his suggestion, which we both really, really liked, was the juggler, Chris Cremo, the location, a subway train, and of course, doing hats juggling. On a subway, on a subway train, yes. So uh, we really liked that, it, and we picked this one because it's it's possible, it could actually happen one day, to get a video of the, Chris Cremo The doing only thing about it is, what? which makes it, in my opinion, less winning. Yeah. Like, with Chris Kramer, you could get everything nice. So what? it's a bit cheeky what, to just, put him to in just any location. get a great juggler and say something to yeah, it. Yeah, but that's that's what they did with the with the, uh, um, with the the um actual Vision Bot manipulation series. You know, Jay Gilligan is a great juggler. You could put him anywhere and do anything. But exactly. specifically, they, they chose a location and a prop. And, of course, we're asking Chris Cromo to do hats because that's what he does best. But the location of a subway train and doing things on there, maybe with people sitting around and people start coming on and off and, and him interacting with them. I would do them. it in black and white Yeah. and the hats in red. Everything black and white and just yeah. the hats in red. Yeah. Okay. I think that would, and the subway train, maybe in yellow, like the old buses, those old post. Okay. So, so everything, ch- every- I would change it completely. <laughs> okay. Everything in black and white, except colorful hats and colorful trains. Maybe. Okay yeah. then. Um, I want to say something What's else that? to that, because in my opinion, we still won with Luke's and my teamwork. Why? What do you mean? We you, we won with our teamwork. Um, our idea of Marco Paoletti doing his how does he call it spontaneous yeah, spontaneous flow random stuff. juggling random juggling yeah. with his random juggling in front of a fountain okay or like dribbling waterfall going yeah. down a river waterfall however okay 
I still so, think... So, after, after everyone sent in 20, I think, 20 entries here from loads of different people, and you actually think that our idea was better? No, I just like it best. That doesn't Woo-hoo! mean that it's better. We win. Better. We keep all the no, DVDs. No. <laughs> no, that's not what I mean. Oh, okay. Because you just we think- are not allowed to take part. Okay. But when I have it in mind, when I really have the picture in mind, and I okay. imagine Marco Paoletti standing okay. in front of a natural, like... like um, fountain, yeah. Island, of water. Uh, yeah. Iceland fountain. And him throwing up all the balls yeah. in rhythm with that fountain. Nothing of that can... can can throw that picture out okay well mind. we did say that we did say that we would we'd pick three winners or something to make it up to yeah. was it up to seven or something because you said it was lucky number seven i think that was what you actually said at the time um okay so we'll we'll, we'll put that in there as well but anyway so renkos joseph and Will I Quinn, get a dvd yes you'll get a dvd cool can you i st- have luke burrett and berlin <laughs> <laughs> you still haven't seen the um the the video i got of jay gilligan that i got at the ejc cool can i have that you can watch it or can i have it no you can't can i win it no you can't so anyway, there, there we go. That's the competition. I hope people have enjoyed it. We've really enjoyed getting these entries and, and talking about them. Um, and we've gone on far too long now. So we're going to cut straight to... Now we know the- how crazy you are in your hats. <laughs> Razor blades and toilet tissue and, and guns and black women. Okay. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on to uh, the next part. And this is actually going to be something different. I'm going I'm to read you a story. Um, so without any further ado, here's a story. And we'll talk about afterwards and actually talk about uh, what it's about. It was written by my, my brother, Nathan, and he wrote it back in 2001. So uh, when you listen to this, it might seem a bit weird. It might be a, seems to just be talking about the uh, World Juggling Federation, but... Uh, this was written way before the World Juggling Federation was ever even a, a sparkle in the eye of the juggling... Panda bear. Of the panda bear. <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, because they are always close. Okay, Paul, this is where you now stop talking, because oh. this is where the story will start. So, take it the away. The the panda bear are always close, because so take always it drugs. <laughs> so, take it away. Luke, go. Over the Pill by Nathan Ray This is the story that haunts me day and night. Since it happened, I have tried to keep the memory locked inside, keep it deep down where you hide things that you've denied for so long. This is easier to do with some memories, like the ugly girlfriend you went out with and then regretted right away. The problem with the following events is that things of this magnitude don't just fade away, nor are they forgotten easily. But I can't keep it hidden any longer. I saw on TV last week that putting the issues that are really bothering you down on paper, you know, writing it down, can help sort it all out in your head. So here I go. I started juggling about 15 years ago when a circus skills workshop was advertised in our local village hall. It sounded pointless to me, but when you are 12, you do anything to relieve the boredom of living in a rural English village. I woke up ill on the day of the workshop, feeling as sick as a parrot, but I went along anyway. I fell off the unicycle, I fell off the low tightrope, and I fell off the shoulders of the acrobat. But when I picked up three juggling balls, I threw them all in the air and caught them all again. I was hooked. When I turned 15, I entered the local village talent show and stunned the audience with my newly polished five-ball trick routine. I was a star, and not just in the English rural village way, but across the whole area. The press and the regional BBC radio both did features on me, though juggling on the radio can't have been the most stimulating listening experience. I was even asked to juggle for a BBC costume drama, boy in background to liven up an otherwise boring scene. I loved the attention. I stacked practicing for longer and longer each day, pushing myself to juggling greatness, 
I was showing off more and more complicated tricks to my family, who got less and less impressed as they got desensitized to it. After a few years, when I left college, I was able to go straight into the Butlins, Pontins and Cabaret Entertainer circuit. I loved juggling, but most of all, I loved winning the audience's admiration and wonder. The money was quite good as well. But I had a problem with all these public shows. Although the people loved me, they could not really appreciate my skill and talent. To my public, the difference between juggling seven balls and then eight balls was nothing, just lots of balls that were moving a bit too fast to count anyway. And the tricks that were easy and needed next to no practice, but were a bit flashy, they went down a storm, whereas a trick that needed days of practice was extremely technical but not so flashy, it went down like a lead balloon. I needed people who could really appreciate my art. I found that the letters people sent me were just stating the obvious. Well done, the show was great, or wow, it must have taken ages to learn those tricks. I needed something new, something special. Then came the letter that changed my life. I've been following your progress in juggling, it read, for about four years now and I've been to see you at a number of shows. You're a good juggler, but you're not the best. Have you ever thought about entering an official juggling competition at the National Juggling Federation Conference? A juggling competition? I'd never even heard of one before. I wrote back to say, if he was throwing down the gauntlet, I would be there. As I walked amazed through the practice area where so many jugglers were gyroscoping around balls and rings and clubs, I realised that I'd been living in a limbo world of the lay, non-juggling public. From now on, my only goal would be to startle, impress and draw praise from my fellow jugglers. I decided to practice in private until the day of the competition. That way, I could enter the juggling world with a flash and a bang. When the main competition started on Friday, I entered the first round and pulled off a few tricks that were only just better than anyone else's in the heat. I raised a few eyebrows with my style, but I was through without showing off my best. I did the same thing in the next round to get through to the finals, though it was far more challenging that time. My plan was working. People were commenting on the new kid on the block that no one had seen before. Rumours were spreading, some started by myself that I was expecting to beat off all contenders in the final, including some of the British juggling champions like John Young and Harry Walker. Even though I only came fourth in the final, I was the star of the show. People were amazed that I had come from nowhere straight to the top. Well, almost to the top. But I had all the attention I deserved and needed, and more. My new, hand-select public appreciated my skill and talent with trained, critical eyes. But in the juggling world, I was not the best, and I couldn't rely on being a surprise entry next time to get the attention fix I craved. People would be expecting me. And in Europe, I would need to be better, a lot better. In fact, I needed to be the best. So I cancelled all my gigs and lived off my savings until the European Juggling Federation conference came round. I practiced day and night for almost six months, honing and sharpening my skills, pushing myself harder and harder. It was torture, starving myself from my new audience, waiting to surprise them once again. I arrived at the competition in Hamburg very confident, in hindsight too confident. I was entered into the first heat and planned to get through by the skin of my teeth, just like last time. But a Romanian juggler that I had underestimated did his final trick after mine, and he knocked me out of the competition. I went into shock. The only way I could show my talent now was at the closing night show, but the anonymity that was my friend in Britain was my foe in Europe. No one knew of me, so I couldn't get a slot in the show. I left the conference two days early, unable to contain my depression. I needed my attention fixed so badly that I juggled in the airport departure lounge. I drew a crowd of onlookers. Then I was arrested for causing obstruction leading to a public disturbance. It wasn't my fault the crowd panicked when I pulled out my foot-long juggling knives. 
While I was sitting in a cell next to a dreadlocked hippie that had swallowed his stash to hide it from customs, I had an idea. The attention of the hyperactive druggie was so sharp and his reaction so quick, I realised that there might be a safe and legal substance that would help me in my juggling ambitions. Back home, I scanned countless medical books and journals until I worked out a combination of compounds I needed. I concocted and created the ultimate juggling performance enhancer. One sip of the new potion increased my hand-eye coordination by a large factor. It was amazing. I found I could break some juggling world records on my first try, but only if I drank a few pints of the stuff. The one bad side effect was that I couldn't sleep. I would lay there wide-eyed, thinking about the tricks I was going to perform in Vegas and the admiration they would bring me. By the time I was on my way to the World Juggling Federation in Las Vegas, I had concentrated the potion into small, round, discreet blue pills. I practiced with smarties until I could slip one into my mouth without missing a beat, sleight of hand a professional magician would have been proud of. The WJF competition is so prestigious that film stars and A-list celebrities attend, and the finals are broadcast around the world. I had to win this. I didn't make the same mistake as in Hamburg this time. I pulled off the amazing eight club back crosses in the first round. It was easily a new world record, and a trick that turned the eyes of the whole conference onto me. During the next round, the following day, I did some flashy but average tricks until my final trick, where I juggled ten balls for just under three minutes, another new world record. I was still juggling when the pill's effects started to wear off, and I was only just able to catch all the balls before I realised what was happening. I suspected the effect of each pill was lasting a shorter period each time. During the night, I took one to see if I was right. Unfortunately, I was. Also, after the time of heightened ability, I found that my bodily coordination was a lot worse. Without the pill, I could hardly throw nine balls in the air and catch them again, something that I would have done easily just two weeks before. I had just four pills left, with one more round, and then the final to go. I promised myself to use them wisely. The next day, riding high on their attention, I walked onto the stage in front of the judges and the huge crowd that had come to see if I would break another world record. I was definitely the talk of the town. Everyone wanted a piece of me. I was pitted against the famous Harry Walker, who held the world record for the highest number of objects juggled. Thirteen rings. I was confident that I could impress the audience without the pill for the first three of the five tricks I was allowed, but when I tried a fast-paced reverse handover trick with five balls, I dropped them all. On my next trick, I dropped again, whereas Harry had done two perfect tricks and, in the judge's eyes, was far superior to me. I needed to pull off something spectacular, like a new world record or a world first. The crowd was getting restless. Boos and hisses followed my third failed trick. When I dropped my fourth trick, the crowd started jeering and telling me to get off stage. I needed a miracle to save me now. And I had just the miracle I needed in my pocket. I asked to borrow more and more juggling rings from the people in the audience until I had 15. I knew everyone there must have thought me mad to try to beat another world record. There was total silence as I discreetly slipped two pills into my mouth. Everyone held their breath as I started throwing the rings high, one after the other. In my heightened state, it all seemed to happen in slow motion. All 15 rings were thrown perfectly, and as the first one was caught again, I knew I had done it. The rest fell into my hands just moments before the roar of surprise and admiration washed over me. The afternoon passed in a whirl as I was congratulated again and again for getting through to the final that night. Everyone said what a great showman I was, dropping the first four tricks on purpose to heighten the tension and then break the most valued world record. How would I top it tonight when the world was watching? 
By the time the final had started, I realised that with only two pills left and no way to get any more, I would have to take them both together on my last trick. I agonised over which trick to do. The pills' effects were only lasting a minute or so each time, so the trick would have to be short, very complicated and definitely a new world record. Anything else would not be good enough. As the best of the world's jugglers, my gods and heroes just a few months earlier fought it out on stage round after round. I would walk on stage and do a parody of each of their greatest tricks, but with only two or three balls. This infuriated them. It was obvious, even though the audience found it extremely funny, my tricks were no way good enough to win. I could see that the greatest jugglers of all time were more than a little scared of me, and nobody from nowhere. But only I knew that I was struggling with even these simple two-ball tricks. Finding them difficult was not an act. As the time came for my last trick, I asked to borrow one prop from each of my rivals. A ball, a hat, a ring, a juggling club, a spinning ball and a few other props from my own bag. I arranged them around me on the floor, in my pockets, on my head and up my sleeve. I did not have to explain my trick beforehand, as it would be replayed on the big screen behind me again and again, and then throughout the years to come on countless TV screens around the world. As I yawned in mock boredom, I dropped the last two pills into my mouth. I picked up the last few props and stood for a few moments totally still, reveling slightly in the heightened expectation and tension that seemed to crackle in the air. I was on the highest high of my entire life, not only from the pill, but also from the attention focused on me. This was the moment I had been working towards for years. I started the trick. It was the trick to end all tricks. A high number of objects, high technical skill, high flair, a world first and a world record. Plus the one million dollars first prize to go with it. It was perfect. Until halfway through. And then my world just collapsed. My mind went blank. My vision blurred. Everything seemed to speed up and get out of control. My arms felt like they were made of lead. As the props came crashing down around me, my newfound reputation came down with it, along with all the respect I craved. The admiration turned to antagonism, the wonder to mockery. I can still hear the laughing and jeering ringing in my head. Five pills in 24 hours must have overloaded and burnt out some of my brain circuitry. It took years before I could even throw a ball in the air and catch it again. Now I live off the juggling community as a parasite, dealing out my miracle pill to unaware or unscrupulous performers and competitors. I'll be remembered in the history books of juggling, not as one of the great masters, but as a one-hit wonder. A supernova that flared for a bright moment and then faded away. So, there was the story called Over the Pill by Nathan Ray, 2001. Polly, did you like the story? I just want to say, now Luke will ask, Polly, did you like the story? And I will say, yes, and this time I actually heard it. You did hear it, yeah, because you were sitting in the room with me when I had to record that. Yeah. Turns out I'm not actually that good at reading stories out, as no, you know. He's so great. Uh, he's uh, a clever uh, boy. I'm not. I could not <laughs> say. I couldn't say the names that are written down in here. I couldn't pronounce the words. Even I knew the words and I could pronounce them. And then when I got to them, I was just like, "Here's blah blah blah." Okay, uh, let's go on. Uh, yeah, so uh, it was a story about... That was actually just a bit of background for this. Nathan wrote this. He, had to, he was doing some English course at university and uh, he was doing English A-level or something. Uh, and he had to do a short story. And inspired by things that I'd put on my uh, website recently, he wrote a story about it. Uh, first of all, we were talking a bit about juggling competitions. So that was what he'd like to uh, talk about there and took that away. Also, um, I did a post to rec.juggling and put it on my website uh, called Just Say No. And uh, the, bo the post said, next time you're at a club and you're offered a small blue tablet, do not take it. It may be a drug called antidropoline. 
and it was pretty much just like a public service announcement telling people not to take the drug called antidropoline. And it's a, a few things here. I'll just read this thing out because it says, This drug has been available for about 20 years now in different forms. It was discovered by an out-of-work chemist back in 1978, uh, Dr. Penfs, uh, used a banned variant of horse sedative mixed with LSD, steroids, and an early form of Viagra to create a solution that, when injected, heightens awareness and reactions to moving objects. Over the years, other unemployed chemists have been producing this drug in different forms, including a snortable powder, smokable resin, and inhalable gas. This latest variant of antidropoline is many times more dangerous because it is in a tablet form and can be overdosed very easily. So, of course, Nathan took that idea and ran with it and wrote that story about uh, juggling. And he made up the idea of, uh, of like, would you say, like an international federation of sports jugglings, uh, kind of things called um, the, the World Juggling Federation. And, uh, yeah, it's quite a, quite a funny, funny little story there. Oh, yeah, I just want to talk a, a bit more about the antidropoline. It says the uh, effects of the blue pill. Um, it, it strengthens the arms, heightens awareness to inanimate objects traveling through space, quickens reaction, and prolonged usage can make your hands grow slightly larger. Uh, the side effects of this drug is highly addictive, both psychologically and physically. Uh, use over a long period can make the addict delirious and make them believe their own hallucinations. Um, other bad side effects include impotence, hair loss, skin complaints, and panic attacks. And uh, I'm not sure if it's great to talk about something like that why? to jugglers no, who always want to have bigger hands and more. But that's the whole point. And I don't want. No, but the post is great. I actually think I might post this up on the website again because uh, uh, it, it's like you know it's, it's all about jugglers taking it. But the the examples of this is like people who hallucinate. And in, in the, one of them was Albert Lucas, who kept on telling everyone he had flashed fourteen rings, but there was no evidence of it at all. So it's like yeah, he took um, antidropoline and he hallucinated his great juggling skills, but never actually did them. Um, and I think the boldness and um, impotence and uh, and large hands was uh, more of a, a Jason Garfield reference, but I can't I can't imagine. And it says at the end, other names for this that you might come across, Flash, Gas, ADP, Juggle Juice, and Rastelli Emulate. Is the other names for antidropoline? So is that now stuff that you wrote? Yeah, this is the stuff that I wrote. This is the post that I wrote warning people about okay. antidropoline. And then Nathan went away and wrote a story about a guy who develops it himself. And uh, and of course, it was different side effects, but that was the that was the inspiration. So uh, I hope you enjoyed the story. I think that's about it for this podcast. Have we got anything more to say, Pana? No. Okay, let's wrap it up then. If you have any questions or ideas or comments and uh, or anything like that, any uh, any more things that you want us to do with the podcast, we've got lots of great ideas. Keep sending in the ideas for future podcast topics. We need them because we're running out. So uh, keep sending them in to luke at juggler.net. That is the uh, official juggling podcast um, email address. Otherwise, you can email Polar. The nice stuff to me, the work stuff to Luke. Okay, yeah. And if you just want to send us compliments. Because I'm not that great in replying. <laughs> send it to polarbrentler at yahoo.com. Uh, otherwise, check out juggling podcasts. Oh, no. lukeburridge.com forward slash juggling podcast or just go to lukeburridge.com there's a, a link right there and you can look at the archives and subscribe and do all that funky stuff also if you want us to read out more stories I've got lots of other juggling stories uh, short stories of maybe 10 minutes of reading them out or something like that I can do that too so if you want that just request it I won't be doing that soon but maybe in another few months I'll do another story episode uh, and I'll actually learn how to read properly as well cool so uh, anything else Paula? no I asked you that already what? I said anything else, and then I said no, I asked you that already. Oh, yeah, you did. Uh, okay, so... so um, I guess world peace. And? And goodbye. Goodbye.
you say goodbye first then. Oh, cool. Thank you. It's that but I'll still have the last word. No, but the whole point is I was going to have the last word. No, no. No chance. Yes, I will. No. Who edits this podcast? You bitch. Last word.